I know that there's a lot of prequel hate out there in the universe. Um, Oh, also, if you're not a big fucking nerd, I am talking about Star Wars. Um, And I will say, yeah, some of it is deserved. Hold me like you did by the lake on Naboo. But there's one thing the prequels got right. The idea of attachment leading to suffering. Now, it's an extreme, it's sci-fi, but it got something right. How often does the fear of losing something we love interfere with our ability to simply love it? How often does that seemingly inherent anxiety become so much bigger than anything else? It's totally real. The Buddhists and Stoics do it best. The idea is very simple. You lose only what you cling to. All right, let's talk about non-attachment. I was over him, but... Well, you know, when you break up, how you say things you don't mean? Well, he says the mean things you don't mean, but he means them. Real love, consuming, can't live without each other love. unboyfriendable. I am changing things up a bit today. I am going to discuss something positive for once. Um, It's probably the most bummer of a positive topic, so don't get too excited, but hey. Um, Is it because I may be a little smitten in a cautiously optimistic way? Maybe. Who knows? Either way, we all need a little positivity in our lives, and I don't want this podcast to be the realest little dark cloud on your shoulder every other Friday only most every other Fridays um I'm going to probably piss off a lot of proper stoics and buddhists with this one um but I think the simplest way that I can really describe non-attachment is that it is the exact opposite of codependency um I know that'll hook a lot of y'all um maybe that's an oversimplification once again however once I realized that my proclivity for codependency was the death knell um for basically all of my relationships I started to read about this idea of non-attachment I think it is not only beautiful But it's also made me a little braver to get back out there because when you're practicing non-attachment in a relationship, you're focused more on living in the moment, enjoying it, being aware that even if it goes away, that doesn't invalidate it. After my last breakup, I was a huge mess, like the biggest fucking mess, like hospitalized, roofied by an old man laying on the ground in Chelsea mess. Um... Not great, especially for someone who was like maybe lukewarm on me at best. Um, It definitely said more about me, my issues, my need for validation and my codependency than anything else. Um, So what is non-attachment? Let's actually start with what non-attachment isn't because I think there's a lot of misconceptions when you bring up the word attachment and then you apply you know you attach like a negative word to it it sounds like a bad thing it's not um yeah it's 
I feel like a lot of dudes, especially in the tech industry where I spend the bulk of my time, like to think of these like very stoic ideas as being a shield from your emotions, um, like complete disattachment, disengagement. Um, and then, you know, that lovely emotional unavailability. It's not. It's not the indifference like some may think. I'd argue that it's hyper awareness and reverence towards the ephemeral nature of all beautiful things. That's like love, life, happiness. It's all fleeting. We have this idea maybe based in romanticism. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back Um, because I'm going to actually reference it a few times. Um, But we have this issue this very romantic notion that because a relationship ends it invalidates the entire thing and thus invalidates our feelings or memories or happiness we have to come to terms with the fact that some things can be lifelong some things can be temporary doesn't mean they're bad so what inspired this one I'm going to be perhaps a little more candid about my personal life than I'd care to be at the moment but that's okay that's what podcasts are for right um I'm grappling with the idea that I may have just had a flash in the pan few weeks of bliss that may not go anywhere and I'm oddly cool about it um The reason for this being that I did my best to be present, speak my truth, and focus on the fact that I can let this make me happy for now without needing to return to it. Um, I can simply exist. I can find that happiness in myself eventually um, because it is a journey. Um, We should experience joy when we can and not let the fear of losing it cause an anxiety that's bigger than the joy itself ever was. Um, just think about that for a second. You've met the love of your life. You had a glorious few weeks and then you decided to let it be. It just wasn't right. Is that better than forcing it forward, breeding contempt for keeping something alive that should have naturally run its course? Obviously, having something so good lasts for longer than a few weeks is always preferable. But if the alternative is forcing something to happen that's not supposed to happen and it's going to cause more hurt and heartbreak in the end, I just feel like that sounds awful. Um, yeah, so let's identify attachment, um, because I know what I'm saying right now is like pretty sexy. Um, I'm not saying any attachment at all is a bad thing. I do think that attachment can be detrimental though, especially for like certain people, mostly like myself. Um, this is a self burn, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I I think that I've definitely experienced this like negative side of attachment. It's one of the main reasons some of us, once again, looking at myself, tend to fall for an idea of someone rather than um, falling for like they themselves, um, as in the, the person. We can get caught in this cycle when we're looking for a relationship specifically and we can become attached to being partnered more than we become attached to our partner um that can cause us to project which causes us to fight um which causes us to break up then we spiral i've been there you've probably been there it sucks for me the biggest way that this attachment manifests is that i allow myself to be too attached to the 
feelings a person gives me. You know, those butterflies, those looks you know are just for you. Um, As someone clean from years of addiction, this makes sense. I got sober in one way and now I'm becoming sober in another way. I'm not going to let the way a person makes me feel dictate my feelings towards them. Um, It is entirely possible to decouple those two things. Um, First of all, because, and this is the jaded side of me speaking It's important to do that because it's easy to manipulate feelings if you think about it. Like, all it takes is a dark triad and some charm. Um, And, I I mean, I I hate to be negative Nancy, but there's there's a lot of people in the world who have that. And second of all, um, because if you're going to be in love, you must resolve to love the person. Not the feelings. Not the circumstance. Not the way they make you feel. And to truly do this, you must allow yourself to be loved. And to do that, you have to love yourself. Um, Letting yourself be loved, that's scary. That's frankly something I don't think I've ever had. Um, And it was my attachment to the emotional aspects of the relationship that kept me going any deeper. Or rather, kept me from going any deeper. It is. There's... um, it's, it's limerence. It's this idea of like new, exciting, kind of shallow love. And it is, chemically speaking, oxytocin. Um, <laughs> that was my addiction. And it's proven to be more powerful than any pill I've ever popped. It's been the hardest to kick, that's for sure. But let's dive a little deeper on it. So oxytocin is often called the hormone of attachment because it seems to help individuals bond with members of their in-group. And by in-group here, I mean people with similar characteristics, also scientific characteristics, not societal, etc. Um, oxytocin plays a role in social bonding, reproduction, childbirth, and the period after childbirth. It's released into the bloodstream as a hormone in response to love and in labor. This helps with birth, bonding with the new baby, and milk production. It's important for new parents, particularly mothers, to bond with their children. Um, But it's also quite prevalent in new relationships, which is the, you know, what we're talking about here. Um, There was a study in which 60 couples and 43 non-attached singles were tested using imaging to see what early love would look like in oxytocin-rich areas of the brain. Basically, what the study found is that oxytocin is an integral sorry, part of growing attachment to someone in the early stages of being together, which I guess I'll vaguely describe as like, you know, in love or in like, or maybe in limerence. Um, This is why it's important to address it from the beginning or ideally before your next relationship. Also worth mentioning here, there's nothing inclusive, but uh, some theories say that oxytocin also plays a role in fear and anxiety. Um, One theory states that oxytocin increases approach or avoidance in certain stimuli. And the second theory states that oxytocin increases the salience of certain social stimuli, causing the animal or human or whatever have you to pay closer attention to socially relevant stimuli. Sorry, it's very early in the morning. Um, Do with that what you will. Um, Anyway... All this to say biological attachment is natural. It's normal. Our body literally creates a chemical to help it along. However, we often discuss how our heart can betray these 
perfectly biologically engineered phenomena. And I think that letting our heart get in the way of attachment is one such case. How? I think the biggest way is by simply confusing love and attachment and sort of attaching those love ideals to that attachment. Um, maybe even just as simply mistaking the two. We can put perceived permanency of love before anything else. Um, once again, very Western, very romantic idea. Uh, we put the relationship above the person, their needs, and more often than not, our own. Speaking from personal experience, attachment has turned me into a crazy bitch of a girlfriend and a pathetic heap of an ex-girlfriend. Some people run at the first set of trouble, and that's not great either, but I tend to stick it out through some truly heinous shit because of this idea of attachment. Maybe that I owe the relationship something. Um, I've been great at kicking the can down the road until I hate the other person and the other person hates me. Uh, something tells me that might not be the healthiest way to do slash end a relationship. Attachment causes something that's very natural you know, the dissolution of a relationship um, into something that feels like a personal failing. Just think about that for a second. It kind of re-centers the blame on maybe you, maybe them. It, it just makes it, I guess it distracts from the real reason. And this is bad because love, true love, is liberating. It isn't something you should well, I guess it, it's not something you feel duty bound to, or at least you shouldn't. It's something that will set you free and that you won't have to worry about keeping it. It's effortless in that way. Yes, it requires work and boundaries and communication, but if you feel it slipping away and you need to hold it so tight that you feel beaten down and exhausted and find your love more draining than fulfilling, it's not good for you anymore. Um, it's, it's actually good for neither you nor your partner. Um, it's simply not love. That's attachment and attachment is the opposite of love. It, it leads to the dark side. Um, it, it can be controlling. It can be self-serving. It's not something that complements love. It chokes it out and can create stress, hard feelings, even hatred between two people who at one point cared about each other. Um, no one wants that. Some some BPD hoes want that. Uh, I used to want that. I used to think that the ups and downs of, um, you know, a relationship like that were born of romance and inevitability in a passionate union. No, they were just toxic. Um, I want to come back to the idea of codependency here. This is for my fellow anxious attachments out there. Um... If you feel that you have to fight to keep someone interested in you, that is potentially your first clue that it's not in the stars and all you're doing is wearing yourself out. We'll get into how to escape from this need for validation in a few minutes, but let's take another look at how unchecked attachment can turn into codependency and what it looks like in practice. Going back really quickly to our attachment styles episode, for those who may have missed it or if you need a refresher, a secure attachment style is formed when our needs are met by a primary caretaker. We learn how to make our own decisions and become independent, thriving adults. Basically, the ultimate end game 
for a parent to create this in a child. Though many have failed because other attachment styles are quite prevalent, as you've seen if you've dated. Anxious attachment style is when we do not. Could be because of less present or unattuned parents. Maybe the opposite. Too much. Anyway, this can lead to feelings of helplessness, low self-esteem, and a lifelong quest to find external validation that can lead to dependency on others. Now, I am not saying that you must have an anxious attachment style to be too attached in a relationship. I think attachment as a stand-in for love, as I was saying before, is a very Western romantic issue that can affect all of us. We're sort of societally conditioned at this point. But I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that if you already have an anxious attachment style, this may be more of an issue for you. It is for me. And codependency, which is, um, quote, an excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, end quote, can come naturally and tends to quite easily. Once again, I've been there. And codependency, that is for an entire other episode, but anyone who's been in any sort of codependent arrangement knows how much it sucks. Okay. So now what? (laughs) Um, how do we move on from being resigned to the fact that attachment is normal and acceptable, aka how do we sort of disavow this ideal? How do we practice non-attachment in a loving and engaged way? So we first have to decouple from the idea that others have any pull over our self-worth. As a woman, I find this really difficult. It does not come naturally. It's a conscious battle. But external approval and the need for it is one way that attachment and the kind that'll lead to codependency gets in and it's bad, very bad. One way to do this is by simply figuring out why you like being the object of someone's affection in the first place. If you can't think of a few ways that you make each other's lives more enjoyable right off the bat, you might want to examine a little deeper, especially if he's adding to your stress. Examine everything you do in a relationship. I have, like, think you haven't heard from your guy in a few hours and you want to reach out. Think about why. Are you doing this because you genuinely want to know about his day? Are you making an attempt to stay top of mind? Like a little ping, now you're thinking about me. Is it self-serving or is it genuine? I've been trying to practice this recently. Like, I've picked up the phone and put it down several times. Like, how many times a day does this man need to know I'm thinking about him? I'll genuinely ask him how he's um, feeling sometimes. We'll have conversation that occurs naturally. But aside from that, I can't force him to be any more or any less interested in me by blowing up his phone. Some would actually argue that it would do the opposite. He would just get annoyed and disengaged. Um, I'm going to do this right. I can't do what feels natural to me, which is over-attachment. I have to fight it, and inshallah, I, it will eventually come naturally, I guess. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out into the universe. It sounds counterintuitive, but what feels right never worked for me before, so I'm trying something new, and my goodness, I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> um, you also must be painfully self-aware. 
it's so easy to overlook red flags when, like Shola said in the Situationships episode, you're looking at life through rose-colored glasses. They just look like regular flags, you know. Uh, If you try to explain away the shitty feeling you have, you might be trying too hard. It's kind of like you got to Occam's razor it down, I guess. Um, The simplest answer is often the most correct one. Not to say that your partner can't be having a bad day, not wanting to be communicative for any reason. It's like totally reasonable, etc., But if it comes up time and time again to the point where it's starting to affect you and your peace, what's keeping you there? Not to sound like, you know, I guess a a bitch, (laughs) but if you're not feeling fulfilled and you talk about it as a couple and you still aren't, why aren't you looking out for yourself? Non-attachment aside, you can't be a great love if you're not taking care of yourself as well. It's definitely a give and take. Um, attachment is something that's bad for us in that it does cause suffering. Um, if it's hurting you, it might not be right for you. This goes for things like material belongings, feelings of anger and a want of spite or revenge. And of course, our relationships, um, familial, platonic, and of course, romantic. I've watched some of the people I love most become my biggest enemies because I let the fear of losing them become bigger than the love I had for them. This turned into anger and spite. It actually hurts to think about how that happens um, and then to feel so disconnected from the good things. Um, The beautiful thing about non-attachment is that it goes for the good and the bad. This too shall pass isn't only reserved for like joyous unions and other sorts of happy ephemera. It goes for the bad times too. And there is power in acknowledging that things can suddenly change. If there's nothing else to take away from this episode, always remember this. Non-attachment is not indifference. It is not apathy or ennui. It is the total, complete absence of fear that comes along with the sense of impending loss. It's knowing that most, if not all, things are temporary and it doesn't make it any less precious. In relationships, How often can we actually control the outcome? And yet we expend so much energy trying to do just that anyway. Non-attachment means we don't do that anymore. We respect the truth that we cannot control anything. It doesn't mean we can't put in an effort. It just means we're more attuned to the needs of the other person in the relationship and can unfortunately know when to call it if necessary and if they call it you know we can still be bummed but we'll at least know that it wasn't for naught it doesn't mean it's not sad it can be sad but it'll save you a lot of pain and additional heartbreak that comes along with not letting go of something when it needs to be let go you know the struggle it was particularly rough breakup that inspired me to make this podcast um do you know what that made that breakup bad I did if I would have practiced non-attachment I could be sitting on the porch having coffee right now instead of making this podcast and talking through this shit just kidding I love y'all um the feedback I get on every episode is great but also how much of my time and energy (laughs) could have been saved not just doing this podcast just in general if I had been a little more non-attached um 
in case you're not completely, I guess, like, you know, sure at this point, I, I would like to add love without attachment is one of the most compassionate things that we can do for another person and for ourselves. It's difficult to grasp, but I think of it as loving someone without being dependent on them for our happiness. So all of the good things, none of the pressure. When we take care of that for ourselves and we love them without projecting our insecurities, our fears, and our issues onto them and their relationship, we realize that we and we alone are responsible for our well-being and happiness. And that frees up so much more intimate energy to put into other things like fucking. And honestly, more of that, less clinginess, please. And if, rather when, not to be all doom and gloom on a Friday, it ends, uh, for whatever reason, we won't suffer that initial shock from losing that, I guess what I can refer to as like a validation channel. And that just makes healing so much easier. For my next journey I guess I've chosen not to bring any insecurity into it I'm not going to worry about who he's texting I'm not going to worry about if I'm on his mind 24 7 because why should I do that when I could be doing literally anything else maybe I'm thinking about him more than he's thinking about me that's fine because I like to think about him and if that stops for whatever reason then so be it So much fighting in past relationships was caused because I wasn't feeling validated. And honestly, why should any of us put that on another person? Projection can be so detrimental to someone else's joy. And then in turn, my joy. So why would I project my fears and insecurities onto someone I ostensibly care about? In a relationship I ostensibly care about. Why can't I just trust and be like, yeah, I definitely gotten fucked over and was way too trusting with people I shouldn't have trusted. I got my heart broken by so many people who weren't worthy of it in the first place, but it happens. It could happen again. Uh, you know, whose fault that isn't mine. Sidebar, if he cheats on you, it's never your fault. Uh, he, you didn't trip him and he fell dick first into someone with perfectly perky tits. Uh, but <laughs> that's for another episode. Um, all this to say none of this is in your control and if you make it so you are harming only yourself in theory you can be in the most fulfilling relationship of your life as long as you're willing to admit that it might not last forever and that can be kind of beautiful oh and if it does end up being a forever relationship bonus I try to take my advice and honestly I'm doing this now and has already helped me so much I am far from perfect as you know um as I am acutely aware and I even picked up the phone a few times since I started talking queen of multitasking here you can hear me definitely fuck up but that's when I did it uh, <laughs> but I put it away and that's how I know this is real at least on my end so I guess that's it. There you have it. I have a feeling this episode might ruffle some feathers, but I welcome discourse. Feel free to hit me up at emrichini, that's E-M-R-I-C-C-H-I-N-I, or at the, with two E's, unboyfriendable on Instagram, or on Twitter at byzantinebarbie. Remember to rate and review, share with your friends, all that good shit. Love you. See you next time.